Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we're back finally after the uh, NHL trade deadline you know the ducks did a whole lot of moves there no they really didn't but <laughs> you can go back and listen to that last podcast as uh, eddie and i did talk about what happened obviously the ducks got younger they um, got some more cap space and they sent montour out but uh, what we're gonna do on this show we're gonna talk a little bit about some of those games and then the ducks had the um, hockey hot stove with uh, murray which they also did last year and there's a ton of topics on there they also relate to a lot of our fan questions so we're going to really jump in and you know, take a deep dive into all of that. But just to get you a little bit caught up on what happened, uh, you remember the Ducks were kind of on a losing streak heading into the trade deadline. They lost a couple games, close ones, and they kept losing. They lost to uh, Vancouver, Chicago, and Vegas. And, you know, things didn't look too good. But since then, they kind of turned around the last four games. They uh, beat Colorado. Uh, they beat Arizona, who had been on a winning streak. They uh, looked like they were going to beat the Blues, but uh, they ended up blowing that one late in the game. And then, of course, they played Montreal, and they went nuts, and uh, they blew them out 8-2. to two. But uh, before we go into all the Murray stuff, what, what do you think about the Ducks' play recently, Eddie? Uh, you know, they've won the last uh, three out of four. Uh, they're still kind of playing 500 like we thought that they would do since the trade deadline. Um, what's your reaction on how they've been doing, you know, with the young players and whatnot in these last uh, week or so? Well, you see those slashes of greatness, which I, which I love to see, especially against Montreal. Uh, the Arizona game was really well. Like they came out strong. That they started, you know, that first period they controlled the whole game. They dominated it. Their special teams, their penalty kill went well. You know, you know, five for five pretty much, and they were just like destroying it. But then what I hate to see is that same problem that we've been talking about all season. I think we've been talking about for a few years now. They come in the second period and they're just flat footed, and the forwards aren't getting open, and they're not making smart plays. And it could have it came back and bit them in the butt, but you know, they came back and won that game. And of course, their their power play in the third period goes, you know, gets on, starts heating up, and they score a couple goals on there. Um, the, the the St. Louis one was a really good game too. I, I, that, that was like a really fun game to watch. It was so close, especially against that team. They have a speedy physical team, so it was good to see. Um, I just watched highlights of the Montreal game. I really wish I would have went and or watched that game too. But, I mean, the Ducks are just, you know, we want to say that, yeah, we're going to tank and, and get last place. But then they start showing, you know, plays like this. And who knows, they can go on a streak and make the playoffs. And, you know, especially against uh, uh, Montreal, if they could play like that every single game, I mean, they can make the playoffs and probably win the Cup. But, I mean, it's just been too inconsistent this season. But, I mean – Overall, I'm kind of happy that, you know, they still have some fight left in them and they're not really giving up and just kind of like tanking on purpose, you know, like being like the Edmonton Oilers years ago where they just lose on purpose to get that first round pick. I'm happy where the team's going. And so I like that. Yeah. And that's some of the stuff that Bob Murray talked about at that event. Uh, You know, he will dive into it now. Basically, he uh, talked about that game against Montreal, like you said, and uh, (laughs) Murray was pretty candid at this event. He actually had some funny quotes. Uh, I posted the article with it on there and uh, we're going to go into a little bit more about what happened. And then Eddie and I are going to throw in our two cents. Plus, a lot of your fan questions out there tie into some of uh, the questions that fans asked for this event as well. So, 
Um, he did talk about that game. Uh, he started off on this, uh, this interview questionnaire type thing with uh, Steve Carroll. And he was asked about that Montreal game, Eddie, and it was funny. He said, quote, it was one of those nights where the puck went in the net. <laughs> and he kind of laughed, and I just thought, yeah, that's a pretty accurate uh, picture. What happened there? So he thought that the Ducks had played well, but at moments they still weren't uh, skating as fast as he was you know, like, and he talks about that throughout this interview and whatnot. It was about an hour-long session that they had at the Honda Center, uh, which is a great event. It's fun. If you're an Orange Alliance member, I highly suggest it. You get a free breakfast. You get to come hang out and see him answer these questions. You also get to submit a question as well, and he answered a lot of them. So it's a very, very good event. But uh, some of the biggest stuff, uh, like you kind of mentioned already, Eddie, they talked about you know scoring and the power play, um, you know, and, and how they're going to try and fix all this stuff. And that's what a lot of this uh, conversation was about: was fixing the team. And you know, and, and he took responsibility for a lot of stuff not going right too, which I think was good to see because you know he's he's received a lot of criticism recently. Um, you know, for what's been going on, especially with holding on to Carlisle as long as we saw. But another gem that he threw out, uh, Eddie, you'll like, is uh, when they talked about scoring, he said, uh, quote, you don't just find a 50-goal score under the Christmas tree. And I thought that was a good one. I thought, damn it, man. I was hoping I would just get a nice wrapped package of a player, and uh, there you go. Uh, so, you know, he was he had some of these zingers today. It was pretty funny. But uh, he's looking to bring in new players, and, and that's the biggest thing. And he's also looking to do trades, Eddie. So uh, that's that's kind of part of the strategy going into the offseason. Obviously, scoring is a concern. Um, we've seen the Ducks start to pick it up here. You know, Arizona, they had three goals. The Blues, they had four. And now Montreal, obviously, dropping eight goals, which is the uh, fifth time they've done it this season. But what do you think? Uh, you know, he's talking about scoring. He's talking about bringing in new players and whatnot. Um, you know, what's your take on that? You think, uh, you know, he's just going to keep trying to work these trades or maybe bring up, you know, keep the young players up and, you know, let them roll next season, which we'll get into more of that too as we uh, go through this. But what's your take as far as he just trying to get more players? I have no idea what he's going to do. And, and he says that right now, but when it comes down to it, you know, he, he has that nickname Bargain Bob for a reason. Um, I, I hope that he, uh, you know, especially being behind the bench and he can he can see and realize things and, and be different and take those chances and take those risks and, and you know, offer a contract to a player that that's kind of questionable well, like, that can help our team. Like, you know, uh, like back when we won the cup, we brought Pronger in, we had Niedermeyer, like we, we started stacking our team and it really helped and paid dividends because he won the Stanley cup. Uh, I really hope that, you know, he, he makes those smart decisions. And, and, and also I really hope that these young guns that have been tearing it up in the AHL and been tearing it up in other leagues, that, that they're ready fully to come back and contribute and help the ducks win. I mean, it's, Max Comtois, like I'm so just eager to see him play again. Like just well, he had what seven points in ten games, and just his intensity and, and the way he played the game, his his physical style of the game too. Just I, I can't wait to see what you know what he brings to the table. So I'm just you know I, I hope you know he does something. He's not just you know just saying things to say things. To, you know just get everyone all happy. But I really hope some some change is needed and. Really hope we we grab that that player that you know that top six player that that can help us and and put more scoring on and and help us get to that next level and become a Stanley Cup you know contender again. Yeah, and he emphasized that too. He talked about how the team's at a low point the season. You know, he's not hiding anything as far as what's going on. And, and yeah, absolutely. He he also mentioned uh, you know the Chicago series several seasons back. He felt that the Ducks could have won that. They could have got to the Stanley Cup final. And obviously he wants to, you know, get back to uh, that form. That was one of the questions that uh, someone had submitted at the event, you know, 
what's the long-term goal. And obviously long-term goal is to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, we don't play these games, you know, just to have fun, which, I mean, that's part of it, but you want to win, you know, winning, you, you want to win the, the prize. So um, he, he recognizes that things are not going right and he needs to fix some things. Uh, one, of, one of the ones that he also talked about was the power play. Uh, and he said that the big issue is, and, and again, he had more of these, well, these one-liners today. He, he said that the players can't be, quote, like actors in a play where X marks the spot. You know, he said they can't stand in one certain spot, you know, and just act out a scene, basically. It was pretty funny what he was talking about. But he's true uh, to his word. You know, he's saying that, listen, they got to move the puck more on the power play. They can't just sit there, hold it at the point, and hope something happens. You know, they, they've got to uh, get the passes going faster. He doesn't want anybody hanging on to it too long. And players got to move around and go to open areas and find those spots. So um, that's something that he's looking to work on. Um, you know, coming this off season as well. As far as these newer players and whatnot, some of the stuff that he talked about, it's kind of interesting. I had a couple questions about it, but he's talking about looking at the uh, college free agent market and he's really big on the European market. Um, he's looking to add a third line winger and another right-handed shooting defenseman uh, with size. Another thing that he touched on though, that you mentioned uh, Eddie a little bit briefly is that uh, he's trying to avoid doing any of these long-term contracts. And he acknowledged that that's kind of what's got this team in trouble with the cap space issue because obviously we know the big three, Getzloff, Perry, and Kessler are all in these you know, long contracts. And we're definitely going to dive into the Kessler situation a little bit later. I know a lot of you out there are concerned and ask questions, so we'll talk about that as well. But I, I think he's got the right mindset, Eddie. I mean, he wants to add another scoring type forward to the bottom six. He wants to get another big defensive player, which I know you've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast all season long, that they don't have a gritty, a uh, big guy outside of Manson really on the blue line. So he wants to add another one of those and he wants to avoid long-term contracts. So I think those are all similar things that you've kind of echoed on the show throughout the uh, the season, Eddie. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, like I always say, I'm kind of beating a dead duck when I keep talking about that, but that's what I like to see. And I really hope in the offseason come – that he adds those things like that. Uh, Manson, he's, he's supposed to be our big, you know, physical blue liner, but I mean, he hasn't really produced that much. He hasn't really, he hasn't really been there. He's not Josh Manson, that the Manson boom that we all know about. He just kind of just there, like like some games. If you know, if I didn't really know like who he actually was, like oh, who's this player? Is he a rookie? Just just the way he was playing. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to get you know more size and more physicality in the Ducks, especially because when the Ducks play physical, it just, they play better in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that hundred percent the season, you know, being physical, especially on the blue line has, has been something that's been key. Uh, you know, getting another type of uh, player like that will help out for sure. Um, and, and that's what, you know, Murray talked about again on this thing uh, today at the, uh, um, Hockey Hot Stove, he also talked about people were asking about their, you know, retooling situation and, you know, is it going to be involving trades? Is it going to be involving buyouts and whatnot? And uh, Murray mentioned this earlier in the season, but he said, quote, no one is untouchable. Uh, he does plan to talk to the owners right after the season about things that he wants to do. Again, emphasizing trades, which I talked about earlier. Um, he did say that, uh, you know, the owners aren't so um, hot on doing uh, buyouts. So, this is kind of where it comes up with the Kessler situation, in my mind. It, it sounds like to me that he's kind of hinting at that. He didn't mention Ryan Kessler by name. And obviously, the person asking that question, I, I think, kind of alluded to it. And a lot of you out there ask questions. You're all about, hey, Ryan Kessler, what's going on? What are they going to do? 
Um, you know, he reached that milestone this last week. He played in his 1,000th NHL game. And then, of course, he was uh, scratched because of his hip against Montreal. So, uh, you know, a lot of people want to know, hey, what is going to happen with him? What's his deal? Um, you know, he has a couple more years left on his contract. Um, the Ducks could try to do some kind of buyout, you know, some kind of thing like they did maybe with like Simone Dupre. Obviously, it's, it's a lot more involved in that. It's a lot more money. Um, they could try to trade him, but, you know, they'd have to work around that as well. And, of course, there's the issue of him wanting to play. Uh, if, if you didn't catch it, there's the article on Sports Illustrated where he talked about spending $60,000 on a home gym to get back to where he needed to be uh, this season. And, of course, all the long, um, you know, basically pregame workout, warm-up type things that he has to do to get ready. So there's a lot of that in there, and the Ducks have a few different options. Um, I really think it's up to him, Eddie, uh, as far as next season. Um, I, I just I don't know if a buyout would be something that would happen, but it, it's something that I, I think Murray is definitely going to consider and talk to the owners about. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I really think Kessler wants to keep playing, and I think he's going to come back. But I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing for him to come back, given his situation. Uh, what do you think, Eddie? Uh, this is kind of tough for me because he's one of my favorite players right now on the Ducks. Uh, I love I love Kessler. I love you know everything about him. But he just—he's not there, and you can tell he—he's something's off. And I think the more he plays, that he's just going to ruin his quality of life. You know, come toward the future, and that's not something that he wants to give up. And also, it's still hurting our team when we're paying this guy that much money, and he—he's not producing. And I think I can count on one hand how many points he's had in the last what thirty or forty games. It just—you know—I I wish him all the best, and I hate you know to even talk negative about him. But, I mean, with the kind of reality, I mean, our main goal and objective, like you said, is winning the Stanley Cup. Not everyone gets to be the prom king, but, you know, it's just, you know, just just getting there. I mean, we, we, we haven't been in the Stanley Cup final since, what, 2007? No, 17? I don't know. It's been a while. I, I totally forgot. I think I'm getting old or something. But, yeah, I mean – we have to do what's best for our team. And if that means cutting ties at Kessler and, you know, it's, it's going to suck and it's probably going to break my heart, but we have to do what's best for us and he has to do what's best for him. So I, I just hope that, uh, like you said, he spent, you know, on that, the article, the $60,000 in the home gym, uh, maybe shut him down for the season and just really focus on, on him rehabbing himself and getting back to that, that playing style and, and give him, you know, and see if he can produce it. If not, he should just, you know, like come to terms with reality and say, Hey, you know what? I think it's time. And, and this is it. I mean, we, we can't really have someone handicapping our team anymore. Yeah. And I think that's where the rub is. I mean, uh, you know, Larry was the one that asked us the question about the future of Kessler. And he even talks about, you know, buying him out, how it's an issue because uh, he feels that the organization is, is cheap and doesn't want to release someone, um, you know, in that, in that way, because even if you do a buyout, <clears throat> the thing is, is, uh, his salary, the complete salary, will not count against the Ducks and the cap, but obviously some of it will. So um, it's something that's still going to kind of, you know, the Ducks are going to have some cap issues with that if he doesn't uh, come back and play. And if he just retires, then, you know, that would be the best situation for the Ducks. Uh, you know, they wouldn't have to worry about salary at all for the next couple seasons, which I highly doubt that's going to happen. I, I don't see it happening. The only thing that I, I – that could maybe push that, which Larry also touched on was him getting to those thousand games. You know, maybe he, he feels complete now that he got to that, but he also talked about, you know, wanting to uh, get back to the Stanley cup final and you know, that, that 
is still his goal and he wants to do that. So for me, I, I think he still wants to come back and play. Uh, he still wants to give it a go and get to that level. But uh, of course, you know, we know he's a warrior. We know that the, the uh, mental uh, fortitude is there and the enthusiasm. And all that. No one, nobody can question that about Kessler. But as far as the physicality, um, it's just not quite the same. I mean, it's just obvious. It's just reality. I'm not, not trying to uh, be critical of him, but that's that's what it is. If you watch the games, you see what happens. You go through the the hip issues he's had and all the fragments he's had in his body that have had to have been um, you know removed and, and had surgery on. I mean, it's tough. And I applaud him for coming back and doing what he's done. Um, I'm like you. I think they should shut him down for the rest of the season. I mean, the Ducks are towards the bottom here. Um, Battling it out with our favorite team, the Kings, for last right now, and the Ducks are going to be playing them a couple times here to finish up the season. Um, so that, that's my take. I, I think that he will come back. Um, I think the buyout would be the best situation for everybody involved, um, but I, I don't see that happening. I think he's going to come back and give it a go. Um, if he retires, obviously that would be the best situation for the Ducks. Maybe not the best for him, but. If you look at everything, it's going to come down to what he wants to do. And I, I think, you know, they've already tried to tell him to hold back the season, and he didn't want to hold back. If he went and spent out that money, he's doing all these workouts and all his training, obviously he's going to do what he feels, you know, he wants to do. So that's where we're at is, is it's really his mind against his body. And I think, you know, obviously the mind has been the one pushing him so far this season. Um, and he's been able to pull his body through to, to get back, but not at 100%. So... It's a tough situation, and I know a lot of people like you, Eddie, they're huge, huge fans of Ryan Kessler. I mean, I am too as well, and uh, I think with this team, though, another point that some other fans have brought up and mentioned too is you look at that Montreal game, and you look at how they, you know, they played pretty good, obviously scoring eight goals and beating them, you know, eight to two, but the Ducks looked a lot faster with Kessler out of the lineup. So, like you mentioned, I mean, if he does come back next year, then the issue is, is you know, how much is he going to handicap the team or how much can he rehab in the summer? And I think those are just things we're going to have to wait and see. But but for my take, Eddie, I think he's going to be back next season. Oh, yeah, same here. I, I totally agree. And just uh, going online, looking up right now, if we did buy him out, it would just uh, cost us uh, about just under $2.5 I think it's a $2,225,000 to buy him out annually. So, I mean, but like, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I don't think he's going to be bought out and – I don't think he's going to choose to retire, and I think he wants to come back next season and, and stay on the Ducks. And, I mean, we just have to – hopefully that he has a better season and so something, you know, Hill's better in the offseason, and he, he gets back to that form and that Kester that we all know. Because if he gets back to that level, I mean, we're looking at a dangerous team, especially with him, you know, like, like putting up the points and goals and, and bringing that physicality back to the Ducks. So I just, you know, like I said, I want to – just, I, I want everything to happen best for the Ducks because that's number one priority. But I'm really, really shooting for Kessler because he's one of my favorite players, and I really hope he comes back to form. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. Is is it's really him in the off season trying to get back at it? And I think part of the concern for Murray too is you're looking at a guy that's, you know, you're looking at like a bottom six forward right now. The way he's been utilized lately, and now you're paying him all that money. It's it's a lot of money to tie up for someone to play a bottom six role. Um, you know, he still played decent in the faceoff. He still played, you know, decent on defense, but obviously the speed's not there and the offense hasn't been there. So I see the concern for Murray. I, I think that there's going to be some discussions like he's talked about at this um, hockey hot stove, but 
I still count on seeing Kessler next season, uh, unless you know maybe some kind of trade is worked out. But um, as for now, I, I think he returns. So uh, I, I don't know if that's the best thing for the team. Granted, you know, like we said, it really depends on what he does in the summer, how he gets ready, and if he's able to rest and get in a better position, which I hope he does. But I just don't know if he will. It's unfortunate. It's just, it's sad to see, but he, he just quite hasn't been the same. So, um, again, that's what Murray mentioned, and, and obviously trades are something that he's going to be talking about. So we're going to be looking at that as we're coming up in the summer. The other thing that he's going to be looking at is the draft, and there are a lot of questions about that today at the event as well. People are asking about uh, when players come up, you know, how, how do you evaluate them? How do you know if they're NHL ready or not? And Murray said uh, – Kind of a bland answer, but he said, well, you know, every player is different. It uh, also depends on, you know, where they're drafted, you know, if they're um, drafted higher or lower. Uh, but he did say, and I thought this was important, he said, you know, he doesn't want to rush players. That's the big thing. He doesn't want to rush the development. And he talked about uh, Camp Fowler and how he sometimes thinks, you know, that he might have rushed him too much uh, and could have maybe, you know, held him back just a little bit. You know, obviously he's he's turned out fine for the Ducks. He's been doing great, but just some things that he's talked about is as far as um, you know how, how you determine if a player is ready. And he also talked about the priority of the draft. He talked about the first two rounds. He's still in the mode of he's going to look for the best players regardless of position. And that's what he his goal is in those uh, round one and two. And then after that, he then goes by the needs of the team. Um, and then uh, one of the quotes he said today is obviously that they can use some scoring and speed, which we've all been talking about that. We've all harped on this all season. All of you listening, you know that we've been harping on this and you've been harping on this as well. So um, he's talked about that. And then the biggest thing too, Eddie, I thought was important as he's, he's mentioned this before in the past is that the team needs to be built on goaltending defense and through the middle at the center position. Uh, obviously we, we, beat a dead horse too about the Ducks relying on Gibson in the beginning of the season. And we said how it was going to end up biting the team in the ass and it pretty much did. They relied on him way too much and he got injured, which is pretty much what you and I predicted. So I do like his strategy going into the draft, Eddie. I mean, that's pretty much what he's done before, uh, but he's still emphasizing uh, goaltending defense. And and like you said, building in the center position. So um, I I know some of you also too asked some questions about who are they going to draft? What are they looking at? We're just going to kind of hold off on that because we just really don't know. Remember they got some conditional picks and some of the trades also depends on where uh, the ducks finish in the season or some of the other teams finish in the season. So we'll save that for another podcast, which we'll talk about uh, potential draft picks. But as far as the strategy going into it, what do you think, Eddie? You you like uh, Murray's mindset, or is there something you think he could uh, maybe try to do a little bit different uh, once the season ends and the draft uh, is upon us? Well, one thing I love about Murray is, uh, just like you said earlier, he doesn't want to rush players. And and, and we've seen it numerous times where teams rush a player and they just fail. And and it shouldn't have been that situation. Uh, Neil Yakupov. When Edmonton drafted him, I think they rushed him, and he had so much potential. He had so much potential to be, you know, like a top player in the league, but he was just thrown in, you know, pretty much in the fire, and he just didn't have success. And it just his confidence, like you know, you know, when he got traded, it just you just saw it, just whole depleted. So I, I love Murray in that mindset where he doesn't want to rush players and screw up their progress. And, and I love that. Like he said, uh, goaltending comes first. And then, you know, because goaltending is really important. It's really huge. I, I played on teams where we had a shitty goalie. And it's just like, man, when he lets in a bad goal, you're like, oh, man, like why am I going to try and, and score 
or, or, or why am I going to back check if our goalie just sucks? So just like having that like goalie, like, you know, it, it makes your team play better. Um, the Ducks just seemed like we talked about. They had Gibson. I think they relied on him way too much. And we we talked about this numerous times. We talked about it on the show. We talked about it in person just between us. But, you know, Gibson finally broke. and it, it, Nothing against him at all. He, he did a fine job. But just the, the team leaned on him way too much. Um, I think Murray behind the bench, I think he's seen different things now. So hopefully that changed his mindset and he can, you know, be that better GM and make those better decisions and do what's best for our team. And, and you know, this whole retooling thing that, that's the happening this season, hopefully it won't like, tra- you know, bleed or transition to next season. And we, we can be that, you know, that Stanley Cup contending team because, I mean, that's the number one goal. Like we've we always been harping on, like every hockey fan wants, they want their team to win the cup. And, you know, hopefully we get back to that, you know, situation come next season. Yeah, and that's what he talked about. Someone else asked that question. I think I mentioned it earlier about long term vision. He said, obviously, yes, we got to get back to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that's whatever team does, and that's what he's trying to do. Uh, he's obviously going to try and build it out in the draft. Uh, like you said, he's going to hit the road, you know, running pretty much after the last game of the season against uh, our favorite team, the LA Kings, and, uh, you know, try and get the ship going in the right direction. The other part of this equation, which he spent a lot of time talking about today, too, is obviously the head coaching thing. And what is he going to do? How is he going to uh, approach that? And he did tell us, and he confirmed this, that he already has a list of candidates that he is looking, uh, you know, as the new coach replacement to bring in um, over the summer. And he did uh, tell all of us, too, at this event that he's not just looking inside the organization. Uh, obviously, if you listen to us, we've both mentioned uh, Dallas Eakins as a big favorite. And we've talked about some other names, too, around the league. But he is going to look uh, within the organization and outside. So he's, he's trying all options, which I do like. You know, even though I've been a big proponent of, of Dallas Eakins, I do want Murray to look around and see what else are the other options there are too because there's some coaches that their contracts are going to expire too and things that he needs to look at um i I thought the funny part about this eddie and (laughs) you and i kind of talked about this was you know someone asked about the qualities of the new head coach and it kind of took a a weird turn for me in this discussion because it went into a millennial type discussion um i I didn't expect him to go this route when he was talking to us but (laughs) he said that uh you know the new coach quote, can't raise his voice at the players and has to be, quote, sensitive, which the whole crowd, including myself, laugh. We're like, well, what? What is he talking about? And he's saying that basically, you know, the, the way society is now is is you have to have communication, but it's different. You can't just yell at people and expect them to produce. Uh, he talked a lot about technology and using, uh, you know, phones and computers, and that's what the new generation looks at all the time. And he said that you have to use those items and, and whatnot to go back and look at things to explain things to younger players. Because sometimes you may tell them something, they don't agree and they don't see it. Then you show them the video and then they get it. You know, hey, you're doing this right or hey, you're doing this wrong. But it was it was a pretty funny discussion, Eddie, because it turned into this whole thing uh, about society and how we're raising our, our kids now. And I, I thought it was funny, but very true. I think Murray had a few... Uh... Uh, champagne and orange juice this morning he was just uh, <laughs> like he was just being blunt and <laughs> we don't see that side of murray and i wasn't there but i, I read your really detailed article and i just i was just chuckling when i read it this morning i was like oh man he said that he, he just seemed like he was just like more relaxed and i i like seeing that side of him because he always seemed so red and angry and serious but just seeing like him reacting that way and him saying that i mean that, that's really good so it's just pretty funny, and 
I mean, like I said, he probably had too much champagne and orange juice, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, and, and if you were at the event, there, there was no alcohol served. So maybe, maybe he, did, he had some in the back room before he came down or something. I don't know. But <laughs> they, uh, it was pretty funny, though, that whole discussion. And, I mean, he's right. I mean, I've seen it, uh, you know, it's not just in sports. I've seen it in other professions, too, as well, this um, – this whole thought of trying to get things done faster and uh, you know, that they're more right and they know better and whatnot. And um, I, but I think you can't dismiss it either. I think, you know, you do have to look into that. You can't just be the type of fire and brimstone coach that's going to work with the senior players that have been around and, and were raised, you know, uh, more along the timeline of you and I, Eddie, but for, you know, people in their twenties, it's a different era for them. And he even, it was kind of interesting. He talked about this, and he even said, because uh, someone asked about the veterans facing adversity this season, and he mentioned how that was kind of an issue in the locker room. And I, I thought that was interesting. He was saying how uh, obviously the players could have taken on a better role. And he, he thought that some of them had too much of a relaxed mindset that they were accepting uh, losing and whatnot. But he also emphasized how the younger players, uh, or excuse me, the veteran players have to get used to having more younger players in the locker room. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's something that he mentioned about the Anaheim Ducks locker room. Uh, I don't know how it is around the season, but what do you think about that? You know, you're getting this mix now. I mean, you have these senior guys, you know, Perry, Kessler, Getzloff, and you get these younger guys, Steele, Jones, Terry, Comtois, and whatnot. Um, what's your take? It's kind of interesting, this this generational difference that he's, he's talking about for the new coach, but also in the locker room between the players. Oh, yeah, I understand it, like, totally. Um, I'm 32 years old, and when I was in the Army, um, I got screamed at, I got hit. I got pushed, I got yelled at, I got called every name in the book. But then, you know, like once my time in, I saw, you know, compared to me and then a brand new 18-year-old kid in, like he, this 18-year-old kid didn't respond to that. And when it came time for me, I had to have a, like, a leadership role and take a, a team leader role. I couldn't yell at these kids and I couldn't be like, hey, F you, blah, 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 do this. I had to like take a different approach and I had to like be more sensitive to their feelings and talk to them, sit down with them. And then they responded. So I, I I understand that definitely, and as far as like the veteran players, like I just been playing like playing beer league my whole life, and now um you know at my age and you know just I work a lot and you know I drink a lot sometimes, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm thirty two. Oh, never! You don't drink. <laughs> I'm thirty two, and and now I'm playing you know hockey against you know nineteen year olds, twenty year olds, and I can't keep up with them sometimes. And I was like, man, it gets frustrating, and especially a new player on my team too. He's, he's, you know, half my age and he's just full of energy. And I'm like, dude, like, man, I, I wish I had that energy. And like back when I was his age, I was way better. But it, it just gets frustrating seeing that. But I have to understand that he's there to help our team. And, and, you know, and we're all one team. We have the same uniform on. And, and you know, I'm pretty sure these players, the Ducks, these veteran players that are older, Kessler, he only has eight points this season. And, and he, you know, he's older. He's a veteran. And seeing uh, younger kids come in there and kind of like, you know, pretty much take his job and take his role, it probably gets a little frustrating. And, and he probably has that, you know, animosity toward them. But, I mean, you just got to just suck it up and realize, like, hey, they're just – they're doing one job and they're just do, there to earn their living and, and be the best for their team and pretty much succeed. So, I mean, I, I understand that frustration and stuff, the whole generational like gap like that. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's totally night and day. Like this whole world has changed. You, you can't, you, you can't be a coach like you were 10 years ago and, and be like right now, because it's people don't understand that you, you can't talk to an 18, 19 year old now 
the way you would have talked to an 18, 19, uh, 18, 19 year old, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, Mike, I'm pretty sure you, you know, you've dealt with that too. And, and just, and just the way you handle people and talk to people, I mean, it, it's totally different. It's just kind of like you have to kind of adjust and, you know, a, a, adapt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, even in my uh, regular career, I've been put in a leadership position and I help uh, new employees uh, go through different things. And I work things with them. And I have to tell you that um, I'm, I'm not a coach and I don't claim to be one, but um, I do train people and I, I get people you know ready for what they could face and the things that they need to do at work. And the biggest thing that I've learned is you have to figure out how to motivate people. And in doing so, you have to realize there's a lot of different ways people get motivated. Some people it is getting yelled at. They, they respond to getting that and that's how they do better. I remember uh, Jordan Samuel Thomas talked about that. He, you know, certain things he would know and, and then it, he knew. And there was that relationship that was developed between him and Dallas Eakins. He was talking about that. And, and he knew when he had to step up and do his things and whatnot. Other people I know respond to, you know, I come up to you and I just have a short conversation, you know, just low key, low voice and, and just tell you, hey, you know, Eddie, you effed up that play. And next time, let's get it right. And then you're like, okay, no problem. You know, but everybody's different. Not everybody responds to that or the other thing. You know, uh, like uh, Murray was saying, technology is a big thing nowadays. A lot of times, you know, uh, you got to show them the visual part. You got to go, look, look at this play. You missed that zone coverage. Or look at this play. You made a great pass. So that's a huge, huge part of it. And that's just, that's just even outside of uh, hockey and, 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 you know, sports in general. You need to be able to motivate people. Uh, people in different ways. And I just think it's a lot more difficult today's age because of that generational gap and, and the way that, as you mentioned, the 18 and 20 year olds now, as opposed to like when I was 18 and 20, it was, it was way different world. So you have to be able to recognize that and address it. And if you can do that, you know, it, it, it just goes back to the coach that can get the most out of his players. And I think that's what Murray's trying to do, and it's just a little bit more difficult, unfortunately, in this day and age, Eddie. Oh, definitely. I have my uh, one of my captains too. He's a he's real hard ass, and if we screw up, he he lets us know, and he he tells it how it is. But our goalie is he's twenty what twenty years old, but he's kind of immature. So when you really harp on him and, and you start raising your voice, or you criticize him, he takes it really uh, personally, and he almost quit. He's just like, oh no. He said I had a bad game and I'm done playing goalie. It's like, dude, no, just we're just trying to get ourselves better. It's constructive criticism. Like you have to just, you know, like big man up kind of thing. But I mean, he had to change his whole approach with them. He has to talk to them, and like you said, he has to show them the videos that we have our games, and he has to show them like, hey, this is what you did wrong. This is what you need to do next time. And, And then now he like he understands better. But with me, he can just. You know, text me like, hey, idiot, you effed up that play. You should have done this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, my bad, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't get offended. I have really thick skin and, you know, I, I I don't get offended at all. But, I mean, with, with him and that generational gap, you have to kind of, like like I said, you have to adapt and, and get your the best out of your player. So I, I love my captain and everything, and he's a great captain. And I love how he, he adapts and changes his approach and, and talks to him differently than he talks to us. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way you are too. And I had people screaming at me too about different things and, and things not going right. And, you know, my reaction was just like, well, shit, I effed up, you know? And then you, you, for me, I would get mad at myself. And then 
use that in a positive way to turn it around and do better the next time. But like I said, that doesn't always work for everybody. So, well, you have a lot of patience too. Like, like, <laughs> I, I've checked the freaking ducks and pucks DMs and oh my God, I can't believe some, some people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if people only knew the, the, the things that I, I get sent on a daily basis, they would be like, you still do this. Why? <laughs> yeah, I text you like, Mike, dude, I really don't respond to them. Yeah. Yeah. We won't go into any detail or name any names, but yeah, I get some interesting messages on social media once in a while uh, in the DMS and sometimes out there in public, but it's all good. I'm a, t- I can handle it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough guy. It's no worries. Um, but you know, another thing that they got to talk about too, with this coaching and, and trying to get this team going is, you know, what do you do with these prospects and these new players? It's a big thing. You got these young guys they are coming up, you know, uh, should we play them all now that, you know, the season's over, uh, you know, we're, we're losing games. We're not going to make the playoffs. Let's get, you know, a better draft pick. And, you know, how do, how do we translate the rest of this season into next season? Um, uh, and there are a handful of different questions related to that, that Murray talks about. And he really said, he boiled it down. He said, it all came, comes down to quote, meaningful minutes. He said if a young player is getting a good amount of ice time, then he, they should stay up in the NHL and play. Um, if they're not getting a lot of ice time, you know, they're getting like 10 minutes or less, they're not really getting substantial time, then he'd rather see them be down in the minors where they can play 15 minutes or more and, uh, you know, develop better that way. And I think he's going to look for a coach that's in line with that too as well. He doesn't want to rush people just like we mentioned a little bit earlier and he talked about it as we mentioned earlier, uh, Cam Fowler as well. So, um, he, that's one of the strategies I think the new coaches have to look into uh, for this team. And he, he wants to build off this season. So uh, he's looking for, you know, down the stretch, he wants the Ducks to win. He wants the Ducks to have success. He doesn't want them to necessarily lose. He wants them to play better and basically end on a high note and then go into summer that way and carry it into the next season. And you know what, Eddie? I, I agree with him. I mean, yeah, you you know, we have the Kings coming up here, have a couple different games against them. We could lose all those games against them and, and maybe lose the majority of the games, get a higher draft pick. But, I mean, it is the Kings, too. I don't want to lose against the Kings. Sorry, I, I can't stand them. I, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't stand them. Or, or I don't care own. if we lose every single game, just beat the hell out of the Kings. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. Hey, if we lose the rest of the games, but we win these uh, last couple ones against L.A., hey, I'm good for that. So, I mean, that's just a strategy that, that he's looking at. Uh, going forward, you know, and he wants basically, uh, they talked about, you know, kind of the goal for the rest of the season. He wants all the players to believe in each other, believe in the system. And, you know, like we said, hopefully that translates over to next season. So, I mean, I agree with that, Eddie. That's, that's what I want this team to do. Uh, it, to me, that doesn't necessarily translate into winning, uh, but he wants them to play better. And I think if you look at these last uh, four games, you know, the Ducks won three out of four and they, they really could have won the game against St. Louis. They just had a meltdown in the final minute. Um, but I think they have been playing better, uh, overall. And I think as a Ducks fan, you're not happy with the entire season. You're not happy that Carlisle wasn't booted sooner, or you're not happy that he was even brought back to begin with. Obviously I've heard that too. And I, I'm not, you're not going to get a disagreement from me, but I mean, that's done over with. It's in the past. So moving forward, I, I think he has the right mindset. And I think if this team plays better, uh, down the stretch and the younger players do get substantial minutes and are I- able to play better. I mean, you look at, you know, like Troy Terry, he had two, three point nights in a row. I mean, hello. Uh, you had Max Jones. He finally got broke through. He had so many close chances. You saw the sigh of relief on his face when he got that goal. Uh, yeah. And what you wrote too, uh, 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 on your article with, with Murray told Jones, I think he said like, just kind of relax. It, it'll come. It was just, 
I'm so glad for Max Jones. Congratulations to Max Jones. If you're listening, congratulations. Many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you could tell he was getting stressed out and down on himself, which I think anybody would with so many close chances. And, you know, obviously the success he's had in the minors, hello, um, you know, he's, he's done very, very well. So I, I think he's just going to continue to improve as well. And uh, Murray also talked about uh, Comtois too. And he said that, uh, you know, quote, he wants him um, uh, here sooner basically. And that uh, he's actually talked to the league about this whole thing with the juniors and playing the games and that they have to go back and he wants that to be changed. Uh, You know, he even said that they can pay more money to those leagues to get them to stay, uh, you know, up with the team and whatnot. So he's really looking forward to having him back um, with the team next season. You know, he scored like a bazillion hat tricks recently this year. He's got like three or four hat tricks. It's been ridiculous. Every time, that kid's a superstar. <laughs> it's, yeah, and he'll be a superstar. I, you can quote me on this, and remember, you guys listening right now, he will be a superstar in this league. I, I guarantee it. Just the way he plays, and just watching him, he, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, and we did mention that earlier in the season. We said, look, this guy, he can you know hit, he can pass, he can score. I mean, you know, we've seen him do pretty much anything. So he's another guy to look for next season. So I think the Ducks are on the right track for the rest of the season. But uh, a couple other things that were brought up, too, that were talked about and interesting. Uh, the defensive stuff, Eddie, he, uh, you know, kind of what you talked about. But he looked at that and he said, you know, having good uh, defensive partners is a, is a key strategy. He said he liked having Manson and Lindholm together. But he still is looking for, uh, you know, some kind of bigger player that can quarterback the power play. He was talking about Shea Weber and, and, you know, obviously that game in Montreal, what he saw. He uh, referred back to Scotty Niedermeyer, which you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, so he's looking for that. I, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, obviously, you know, the Ducks made some more cap space by moving out Montour. And they've got a handful of players that aren't most likely going to come back uh, next season. So they're going to have some room. But I, I think, you know, it, it's key that they do do that. But it's going to be tough. I I don't know who they would bring in. I, I think you had one or two players in mind uh, on the bigger size that could at least help on the, on, you know, being a uh, stand-at-home defenseman. But um, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, getting those kind of players. You know, they don't exist on every single team. But I agree. I mean, that's another key for the power play. It's not just moving the puck around and going to those open areas, but they need a solid player that can quarterback it. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that. That's going to be hard to do because a lot of teams don't want to give it a their like top defenseman up. That can quarterback the power play, like a Shea Weber kind of player. But yet, the, if he wants that kind of player, he's gonna have to spend a lot, and it, it's gonna, you know, we're gonna lose a lot of pieces. We're gonna lose a, you know, you can kiss the first round draft pick of next, you know, next year, uh, twenty twenty, not twenty nineteen. You can kiss that away. Um, I don't know who's gonna get. It. I, I was thinking of, you know, like once I, I was reading this stuff right here. Uh, Nikita Zadorov of the Colorado Avalanche because they were shopping him around. He's an RFA. He's a, a, a big defenseman that plays in the you know more, more physical type of game, stay at home defenseman. He he's not really a quarterback on the power play, but he hasn't really got that opportunity because Colorado has you know Barry and Johnson and Giard. So you know he hasn't really given the opportunity to to produce that. But I mean he has a lot of potential. He's a former first uh, first round pick of the, the Buffalo Sabers, so that could be a thing and. Uh, I, I know the Ducks have made trades with Colorado before, and, and they're shopping him. They were shopping him before the deadline. They're, shop, they're still shopping him now. So, I mean, that could be a possibility. But, I mean, if, if the Ducks really want to bring in a player, especially of Scott Niedermeyer's uh, caliber, which 
<laughs> we're at to give up a lot. And so, I mean, we're going to have to, you know, I'm pretty sure I have a jersey in my closet that if we got a player like that, I'm probably going to start crying over that I have, you know. But we'll wait and see. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully Murray can, you know, Mr. Bargain Bob can lowball a team and get them to trade a big time defenseman for something that we're not going to really like, miss. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna take something. I mean, like we alluded to earlier, there's some kind of trade involving Kessler in there somehow. Uh, obviously, he stacked uh, up some of these draft picks. Um, you know, he's got a lot of early round picks. Some of them got to be you know figured out once we see who makes the playoffs and who ends a what spot and whatnot uh, based upon some of the conditions of the picks. But he does have some of those you know in his back pocket too as well. So. It sounds like too, from the way this this whole thing went today, that he's you know he's looking at wheeling and dealing and doing stuff. He said nobody's untouchable. So I mean, if he's going to shoot big and he does something like that, I mean, this is what we've always talked about. He usually does it in the off season or the beginning of the season. He doesn't really do it around the trade deadline. So you know, if you look at uh, May, June, July, somewhere in there when things start you know heating up at the um, the draft and whatnot then, you know, we'll have to see or something in free agency and whatnot. So uh, I, I, I at least like his mindset. I, you know, it sounds like he's trying to go big. He knows that the team isn't where it needs to be. He's trying to get it back where it should be. Um, talked about the season kind of being a surprise. I think it was a surprise for everybody. I mean, you know, we they started out okay. and then and But you and I knew, as we talked about, that they were relying on Gibson too much and the defense wasn't there. And obviously the system that Carlo had, it couldn't have been sustained. So I'm very hopeful for next season. Unfortunately, the season, you know, is pretty much, um, you know, down the tubes, as they say. But he's still got some meaningful games, like I said, playing L.A. and whatnot. So what he's looking to do, too, though, some people asked about, you know, the draft and and, and what happens and who's all involved. He said that he's been using four main people. Uh, You know, he's gone to Europe already. They plan to go to Europe again after the season's over. So, again, I mean, they're really pushing – um, Eddie to keep this going and I, I think you know he's just always working hard I think really after that last game against LA he's probably going to be on a plane to Europe or, or the next day oh yeah definitely and I, I really trust the scouts like we, 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 our scouts have drafted so many great players and they're doing an amazing job uh, whatever they're getting paid it's it's definitely not enough so I, I always thank them and they're they're awesome people and hopefully I can meet a few of them and hopefully bring one on the show and he just you know pretty much talk about his strategy and stuff like that. But those guys, man, they're, they're awesome. And, and I have faith in them and I have, you know, I have all the confidence that they're going to draft the best players and they're going to work out for, you know, for our team. Yeah. And he, he talked about that too. He, he said, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. He said, you know, when you're in that position, it's something where it can be the most rewarding thing, but it can also be the most frustrating thing and nerve wracking thing because you have to put in a lot of work. You have to watch a lot of film. You have to go there in person and watch them play in person and not just watch the film. And Murray even talked about that being behind the bench. Someone asked him about that and it changed some of his mindset within the Ducks uh, players right now. He said it brought a little bit more uh, quote unquote reality to what was going on in the team. Um, he even mentioned, and he wouldn't say who, but he said he changed his opinion uh, about uh, some of the players. It looked like he was possibly maybe thinking about trading one or two of the guys and decided, no, that he wasn't. He liked what he saw and, and was trying to tweak things. And that's basically what he's doing. He doesn't want to go into a rebuild for five or six years. He just wants to get, obviously, the scoring a little bit better, uh, the power play you know, uh, more efficient, the puck movement more efficient. And I, I think he's on the right track. I, I like what I see. 
Um, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, interesting to see what happens in the offseason. But I'm pretty hopeful, Eddie, uh, where this team's going. Um, like you said, this season, there, there's, like we said, there's nothing you can really do or say uh, to correct what's happened. It's all done in the past. But looking forward, I, I think he's going to push through and do as best he can. I, I really want to see what happens. I want to see who he brings in who gets traded. Uh, and I'm really excited about these young guys. I mean, you, you have to be excited to see um, these guys playing. You know, you're finally seeing uh, Steele, Terry. Um, we saw Comfort earlier. He's going to come back. We saw Jones score. And the things that they're doing. I, I think it's an exciting time for the Ducks right now. I think we're seeing a change of the guard. We're seeing a lot of the younger players come up now. And we're just only going to see them more next season, Eddie. So, you know, I I'm more of a positive person. I, I, I'm critical too at times as well, and I'm, I'm a realist as well. But I'm hopeful for next season, and I'm, I'm ready to see what these guys are going to do. Obviously, it's going to be a while because we got to endure this last month. But, um, you know, what's been going on with the youth movement in Anaheim, you, you have to be at least somewhat optimistic, uh, you know, for the future seasons coming up. Oh, definitely. Just uh, just reading your article this morning uh, about uh – Marie and stuff. I I just got motivated and I, I was chuckling and I had a smile on my face and I I just felt just motivated about this team, just the way that you know his whole mentality seems to be changing and how he wants to to move forward and get us better, but 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 not do the same thing he's been doing the last few years that hasn't been working. Like it seems like he really want like you know being behind the bench made him change and, and he's gonna do something different to help our team you know be better. So I mean, yeah, it's gonna suck this, you know, for the last uh, next few months. But you got to suck it up. Uh, we're all Ducks fans, and we're gonna be Ducks fans, you know, today, tomorrow, next year, uh, next fifty years, whatever. So uh, just, just hope for the best in the future, and, and hope you know the off season and the draft that we just need to do big, and and hopefully you know next season we'll, we'll you know when we do a podcast this time you know next year we'll be talking about hey, well the Ducks are you know are the top of the division and they're going to win the cup, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. You know, and, and Marie uh, acknowledged that too at the event. He thanked all the fans for being there. And for those of you that have been to these events, uh, the one this year, I want to say was probably three times the amount of people that showed up as opposed to last year. I know obviously the Orange Alliance is a little something new that they're doing. Uh, they're bringing in more um, people to partake in that. And uh, I, I was happy to see the number of people there. There was a you know a good substantial amount of uh, fans. They filled up. I want to say about three sections, three or four sections of the lower bowl, which is pretty good. Uh, like I said, it's probably two to three times what was there last season. So uh, you know the, the the fan base is still there. It's still strong. I know a lot of people were upset with Carlisle and and may not renew their tickets or or whatnot. And and I don't disagree with you. You know that that's you know you, it's your money. You got to do what you think. Um, I I agree with you. It was too little, too late for this season. They finally did pull the plug. And for those fans that, you know, that's how you feel, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong because, I mean, it's your money. you got to spend it the way you want. I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, not happy with the way the season went. Of course, uh, I don't think anybody would be. But I am happy that Murray has owned up to some of the stuff that's gone wrong and he's trying to fix it. So, I, you know, I'm good with that. Is he perfect? No. Has he made mistakes? Yeah. But at least he's acknowledging it and going, you know, he's not – BSing people saying, you know, oh, you know, it's this guy's fault or that guy's fault, you know, and he decided to uh, go with the troops and get behind the bench and see what was going on. He realized he wasn't right about some things and he learned some things about other situations. So, 
I'm good with that. Um, he's not perfect, but I, I like the way that he's you know sending the direction of the team. And uh, before we wrap up, we got you know a couple more fan questions too, Eddie. We can kind of address real quick before we finish the show. You know, we talk about the youth movement and whatnot, and we have Justin asked about Sprague and his uh, potential to be a duck for a while. What what he thinks uh, of him? You know, we already talked about the steals and the Terriers and whatnot. We're pretty sure those guys are going to be on the team. But I do think Sprague is one that's kind of an interesting uh, player in this mix. I think he has the potential to be the next. Uh, Pontus Auberg, unfortunately, I mean, it really depends on how he, he plays. I think the rest of the season, Eddie, I think, you know, obviously he's, he's got the ability to score, but if he's not playing that two way defensive game and being responsible, then I could, I could see him not being with the team. But uh, if he picks it up and, and is a well-rounded player, then I think he could be a guy that could add and be part of this youth movement. Um, what do you think uh, is about Sprague's future with the Ducks? I think he, uh, he definitely got an A and, uh, geology or no not geology uh geometry there we go those angle shots that he takes and went oh man perfect shots but watching his game like you said he he's not being that two-way player and he just plays that one-dimensional game and he's been scratched a few times and i honestly think that he's not going to be a duck you know start next season um i, I like him i have a signed jersey I, I won when he took me to the game thank you mike um i just yeah i i, I just I just don't see him, you know, changing his game and he plays the same style of game and he hasn't really changed it up at all. Um, I, I, I wish him the best of luck. He's a Ducks player. So, I mean, he's, he's awesome in my book, but I can't see him being on the Ducks next season. Like I said, if that's the way his uh, game's going to continue to play, there's a good chance that that may be the situation that happens with him. So uh, one other last question we had from Michael, he asked about Chad Johnson. Uh, he comes off the IR um, you know, would he have to go on waivers and be sent to San Diego? Um, you know, what basically would happen with his situation? And yes, that is true. If he um, does get sent or they attempt to send him down to San Diego, he is not waiver exempt. So that means he does have to go through waivers and he can get picked up, which I don't know that the Ducks would be too upset about that. He's another one that I don't see having a long-term future with the Ducks. Um, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the Ducks stick it out with uh, Gibson and Miller basically going forward. But we'll have to see how that all plays out. But um, he, he's another one, Eddie, that I, I just don't see sticking with the team. Unfortunately, he has he's not, you know, done so well. And, I, you know, obviously the Ducks had to bring him in given uh, Miller's injuries this season and the shortage in net. But he's another one that I, I don't think is part of the long-term plan. Uh, Chad Johnson will never play a game in a Ducks uniform again. You can mock my words right there. He's done already. Um, they'll probably waive him and maybe do like a mutual co- uh, a contract termination. I don't think they want to start him in San Diego, especially, you know, they have other people that can actually take that role and they don't want to limit their playing time. But he was brought in because of the injuries. And, and like I said, you know, he's a Ducks player, so I thank him. And he's awesome in my book. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to play again this season and definitely not going to be back next season. So. We can say goodbye to Chad Johnson and thank you. But next. Yeah. Uh, no more tweets from Ocho Cinco, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But yeah. I do want to say one more thing, Mike, because I know you're really too humble to mention this, but I played in my friend's memorial tournament last Sunday and, and you sponsor our jerseys. And I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, our, our, my team, uh, the rink, and, and our team. We all raised over almost like $7,000 for his family. Uh, my buddy that passed away uh, and it just 
I was giving a speech for my team at the last game. Unfortunately, we didn't win the tournament, but, you know, we still had fun. But I kind of choked up and I started crying, just thinking about my friend. But I just want to say, you know, just thank you so much for doing that. And and, and when I first texted you and asked you about that, you, you didn't even hesitate. You just said yes right away. And then you texted me like, wait, I paid for something, which I haven't even seen yet. And that was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, the, my, my, I think I, I said yes, and then I was like, yeah. uh, what, what does this jersey look like? <laughs> what am I buying? Um, I didn't even I didn't even think, but no, I mean, I you know, if it's something that involves a good cause, and if I'm able to, you know, at least help out in some way, you know, I'm not rich due to contrary belief, but I sometimes have a little bit of extra money here and there to help out, uh, you know, when things like that come up, and I'm more than happy to do it. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I told you, man, you're my brother, and I, I, I love you to death, especially for things like that. When you just jump up and without even knowing what Jersey looks like, you just, yeah, yeah, and then after. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much. And I just, you know, Ducks and Pucks and, and you, like, we're just lucky to have you. So thank you. No, I appreciate it. And, you know, you, you, you're you the one to put it all together. So, you know, uh, I mean, you did all the legwork on it. I'm just the one that wrote a check. You know, that's to me, you did more of the work than anything. But, yeah, I, I'm glad to help out. Um, you know, I, sometimes I, I'd rather be able to do it in person. But if it's something that's financial, too, then I'm more than happy to do that. So I'm glad that it worked out. I'm glad that you were able to help out his family. And that's, you know, that's the most important thing, basically, in all of that is, you know, you help out those in need. Um, in any given situation. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. And, you know, speaking of that, we got a couple of events coming up in this final month. You know, uh, if you want to become a uh, Patreon member, uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks. Um, I did go out and get a suite for the St. Patty's day game against the uh, Florida Panthers. If you uh, want to join and become a Patreon member, I'm trying to get as many of those people as I can to that game. Um, so look at that and sign up. And uh, if you do sign up, I'll hit you with an email with some more details for that. Uh, only a limited number of people. There are only 20 I can take. So I'm trying to figure it out right now. It's it's, it's getting close to getting full. But um, if you can uh, sign up on there and want to do that, join us. Uh, Eddie, I know you'll be there as well. And we're going to have a good time with that. And then we're also going to have another watch party too. We're going to have uh, – we'll be back at El Ranchito this time on the 23rd when the Ducks play the Kings. So look for that as well. We're going to give away tons of stuff. I've got uh, a Tamu jersey I'm going to give away uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> i got to go through, but I've got a lot of duck stuff uh, and items that we're going to give away that day as well. So look for that. And then uh, I don't know if we'll have another party after that or not. That may be the last one, depending on the way the schedule looks. But um, that's it. And, you know, just thank you guys for the support. I know we've changed up the show a little bit this year, not focusing so much on the games or trying to focus on the, the big events and whatnot. And, uh, you know, when things happen with the team and get to your questions and whatnot. And it seems like a lot of you responded to that. And you like that. So we're going to kind of stick with that format, at least uh, for the rest of the season. And, you know, we got a couple weeks to go and let's go Ducks.